Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Welcome to the show. We are not going to have our regular show this week, but I want to bring you a special show uh, on the best fishing report with Joe and Butch. This is a great episode. Wanted to make sure that you guys were able to hear it and listen to it, learn from it. So with no further ado, here's a fishing report with Joe and Butch. Take it away, guys. Welcome to another special episode with the Great Days Outdoors Podcast Network. I am Butch Theory. I am joined today with Joe Baya. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm doing pretty good, man. Did you have a good Christmas? I did have a good Christmas. It was corona-free. You know, my Thanksgiving got botched a little bit with the COVID. Yeah. Um, actually got to have a few people over and, and cook a nice meal and see people. So that was pretty nice. How yeah. about you? Yeah, it's been good, man. We had a good, uh, good family gathering. Everybody went and got their COVID test. So we all felt good about getting together and first time we'd been able to do any any real gathering like that since before all this stuff started so that was that was really nice been getting to do a little hunting in fact i'm fresh in from the uh from the woods right now and uh looking forward to uh getting our last show of 2020 recorded putting this year behind us and moving into 2021 me too buddy i can't believe it's already here i can't believe that christmas is gone and new year's eve is tomorrow that's pretty hard to believe it's been quite a year um i actually got to do a bunch of fishing on christmas break got to fish with captain richard rutland and captain patrick garmison and we absolutely smashed some speckled trout so that was that was a treat yeah and i saw you guys did a little fishing uh in front of your light there on your dock you know that that's what today's show is really going to be about and talking about how to fish underwater lights and what you should think about when you're selecting an underwater fishing light you and i have really gotten educated i think me and you fished some underwater lights. The first underwater light I can remember fishing with you was out of a kayak, probably 14, 13, 14 years ago, something like that. And, and it just seems like that, that technology is just progressing further and further and further and further. You and I have been doing a lot of testing with some underwater fishing lights. And so today we, we really want to get into some of the do's and don'ts of how to fish underwater fishing lights and then selecting the best underwater fishing light for your application. For your setup. Yeah, I'm excited about this one, Joe. I've actually been talking to these guys for about a year and a half about the product and different things and and through the uh, trial period. And um, we are joined today with Mr. Brad Ball, the CEO of Deep Glow Technologies. How are we doing today, Mr. Brad? I'm doing great, man. Thanks thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And like I said, I've, I've been excited about this show for a while. We've been trying to get it in the works, and it's finally coming together. So I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm excited to uh, give a genuine testimony to you guys' product because I can definitely tell the difference, and I've tried a ton of them. I've been through quite a few of them and uh, landed on Deep Glow, and I've been really impressed with the product. Well, I appreciate that. It's been, you know, a labor of love for 15 years now and something that we're really proud of. It's grown into a, a pretty nice sized little business and, and we're proud of what we do and we're proud of the service. I'm very interested to see how you got into this industry. I know it's kind of a, a new industry in the last, you know, 12 or 15 years. It's really blown up and pretty much, you know, they're all up and down the rivers and canals here in Alabama and Florida and Georgia and everywhere. So I'm just curious how you got into the deep glow business. So like in 2015, I started seeing these things pop up and I was, you know, fishing in the St. Pete area since I was a kid. I started seeing these things pop up and I looked into buying one and I bumped into uh, Kevin Ahern. Kevin was actually uh, building a, a prior generation of lights and he and I both shared a passion for maybe coming up with something better, something that would really 
not be a, uh, a temporary light, but something that you could buy and hold on to for years and years and build great service behind it. So, you know, Kevin, it was really the R&D, the, the, the brains behind the product. And then sometime later, uh, we met uh, Mike Beermark and Mike really took over our sales. And, you know, those guys really run the operation and, and really turn DeepClow into what it is today. Brad, why underwater? I mean, we so we were, we're here talking, you know, 13, 14, 15 years ago when we first started seeing these underwater lights. I mean, but before that, golly, we've been fishing dock lights for years, the old halogen above the water. Why underwater? I mean, do they work? Do you oh. feel that they work better than above the water? I, I personally do. Uh, I fished those above water halogen lights as a kid for years. We started seeing the underwater lights and, and you can see the fish better because they're illuminated from the bottom up. So you see their shadows. Uh, when you have an above water light, you're kind of just looking at a glare and you can't always see the light, the, the fish that are under the water that are in the shadows. But it just seems like uh, underwater lights attract the, the plankton and the bait that really brings in the big fish. So uh, to me, yeah, I think underwater lights are more effective fish attractant but they're also a nicer light to look at. There's no glare. There's no bugs being drawn to the light. So overall, I think there's a number of benefits. Now, you mentioned that, you know, attracting that plankton. How long does it typically take when you put one of these lights in the water before you start to see results? And, and I would say results being attracting game fish. Sure. Well, it, first of all, it depends on the area. There's just not game fish everywhere in the world. So sure. you can't just throw an underwater light inside of a pond or a pool and expect there's going to be game fish there. But if there's fish in the area, if there's bait in the area, it can happen in minutes or it can happen over the course of a couple of weeks as they learn. You know, if it's a particularly fishy area, it's quick. But the, the fish become trained to visit the light because it's a source of food. So it really depends on where it is, but it also depends on the time of year. I live on the water and, and there are times that I look out back and see 20 to 50 snook hovering over my lights. And there are nights that I look out and only see a few. Sometimes I'll look out and there's schools of catfish and trout. Sometimes it's nothing but mangrove snapper and pinfish. I happen to live in a very fishy area and I have a lot of structure under my dock. So but like I said, sometimes there's just not a whole lot of fish back there because they're in the deeper water or they're in other places. Right. I've definitely noticed that with mine as well. You know, Butch, we, <laughs> you're talking about different times of the year. I mean, growing up, I'm sure that the, there were guys that knew this, but when I was growing up and, and first started fishing lights, it was very much a late summer nighttime activity. You know, we were doing it because we were trying to beat the heat. Yeah. One of the things that I've really noticed since we've had a dock light that has stayed on year round is there's fish in front of this thing four seasons out of the year. There's yeah. not necessarily a rhyme or reason to just being a summer thing. Do you guys see the same thing down in, in South Florida? There's no doubt. It's definitely turned fishing into a year round activity, but you know, temperature makes a difference. If it's a real cold night, I'll go out there and there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of fish. And I think the reason is because they're finding their way into other depths that uh, where they're finding a warmer area. I can't tell you the, the science behind it, but I never exactly know why there's some nights that have a lot of fish and some nights that there aren't. But uh, certainly they stretch out the number of seasons that you can walk out and find fish, that's for sure. Definitely agree with that. In different river systems and different 
areas like you're talking about that fish come and go out of those areas i can definitely tell pretty much know whenever there's going to be fish on mine or not because i live on a uh, a tidal river off of mobile bay and it's heavy rain it's going to be a little bit cloudier water and those tannins are going to kind of push the fish out back you know back closer to the bay and they're not going to be up here as far with me and, and in the colder months this river gets really hot with speckled trout and redfish so i can definitely tell conditions have to be right as well well, and you just happen to have a really deep, you're in a very deep part of the river where you are. And so it mm. seems like a lot of times things just are doing, kind of bucking the trend right there off your place. Definitely. That whole question of what makes all this happen and why does, and what's best and the best timing and all that really makes me think a lot about color, Brad. You guys make different colors. Do you feel that there's a best color for attracting fish when it comes to underwater lights? I mean, I think over the course of time, if you do your own research on the internet, you'll find people that have done quote unquote tests and they come to the conclusion that green is better. We have kind of leaned towards green or clear with our lights. I've done tests behind my own house with green and clear near each other and they look pretty darn close as to which ones the fish like to hang on. I can tell you that I have not seen as much benefit from blue or some of the other colors that we've experimented with. Blue has a shorter wavelength. Uh, the color blue does not uh, emit quite as far underwater, particularly not very clear waters. Most of the blue lights we sell are in the Bahamas or Mexico or you know, where there's extremely clear water. But where it's slightly murky or tannin or you know, in Tampa Bay, it's, it's pretty thick water. The green really penetrates that. Uh, clear kind of comes out with a yellowish tint to it. But as far as attracting fish, my boat is probably green with a close second being clear. Um, I've tried multiple different uh, colors, and the, the, the deep glow that I have right now is clear. And I was saying that I live on a, a tidal river off of Mobile Bay, and, and rainfall affects us a lot. And we have a lot of tannins. So, I mean, it, it'll get tea colored. It gets super red in here. And there's some nights where I go down there, and it looks like I have port and starboard lights because the white one gets super red and all the tannins, and then the green one will be green. You know, it looks like I have port and starboard trying to bring people in buoy markers. It's Red, it's right, cool. returning, Butch. Red, right. right, returning. That's how I get home. That's how I get home. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's, it's cool to see um, different areas as far as, you know, fresh water and any things like that, have you noticed any difference in a pond or anything like that? I'm not sure where all you guys sell them, but I think it's cool to see the differences. Yeah. Well, we, we sell them in uh, all over the world. Uh, most of our lights sell all over this country, but a lot of lights in Florida and Texas, but a lot of lights also in the middle of the country where people are putting them in lakes, rivers, and, and canals. And I believe the majority of the lights we sell, in fact, I know the majority of lights we sell are green. Plus, they look really cool. Yeah. Green ones just have that aesthetically pleasing concept to them. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Butch, you're, you're on a brackish river, so you've got, in one night, I know you and I have caught crappie, bass, speckled trout, redfish, blue croakers, gill. bluegill, and then you've also caught striped bass out in front of that light, it, all in the same night. So it's, just, it, it's no doubt that it works regardless of freshwater or salt water one of the things that's always been fun to play with is is the placement of the light so mm -hmm. you see different designs brad you see the light on the bottom you see the light suspended in the column you see lights that are attached to the dock shining out you see lights that are placed out away from the dock i know you've seen it done every which way it can be done is there any science to where the light should be placed in relation to your dock well sure first of all 
It depends on whether you have a dock or a boat on a dock. It depends on whether you have a long seawall you can stand on and cast from. So if, if you're strictly asking about fishability, it needs to be far enough away to cast to it. It shouldn't be too shallow. It shouldn't be in right near the seawall. You know, it seems to want to be out there at about six or eight feet deep where fish can accumulate over the top of the light and you have the ability to cast beyond the light and drag it through the light. But it depends on what you're buying the light for. If it's just for fishing, that's my recommendation. Move it around. Our lights are very maneuverability. You can pull them out and throw them in a different place the next night and see what works best. Personally, I like to have the light in structure or near structure, like near the, the pilings of the dock in about six feet of water, place where I know that I can cast to it and, and drag my bait or my lure through the light. That's interesting because, I mean, Butch, you've got yours kind of out of way. It's making me need to get it back up underneath. One of the things we've noticed is, like, when you're fishing dock lights, stealth seems to be really, really important. I mean, if you go stomping out onto the dock and your light's right there, the fish scatter. I mean, they will scatter. It'll come back. But what do you do when you're thinking about that methods to avoid spooking fish? I mean, you mentioned putting it on the dock. Is there a scenario where – you'd want to not do that. What do you think about when, when it comes to, to spooking fish? And then also let's talk about it from the perspective of guys fishing dock lights from a boat. How do they need to approach those dock lights to make sure that they don't spook fish? Well, the first thing I'd say is keep the kids and the dog in the house. <laughs> For sure. Because, uh, my kids, no matter how much I say, be quiet and don't stomp on the dock, they're going to run down and jump on the dock. The fish scatter. And we all have to go inside for about 20 minutes. So that's the first thing. Second thing is don't cast into the middle of the light. I'll see people pull up in a boat. And the very first thing they do is, is pull the bow of their boat right above the light and drop their bait in the water. And, you know, just stay off the dock. Stay on the seawall and cast over the light and then drag your bait through the light. Maybe let your lure sit there after it splashes in the water for a couple seconds before you start dragging it through the light, you know. Uh, these fish do get, especially if you're in a busy area where a lot of people are fishing your light, they do get spooked and they do get trained to be a little bit nervous. I've definitely noticed that, Butch. Like, it seems like w- when we've done be- our best fishing and you're getting to fish your light obviously a lot more than I do, but like when I've done my best, it's I try to work as far away from the light as possible yeah, and then sure. get closer, progressively closer. Because sometimes you're catching fish you well, well away oh, yeah. from the light. Like you're not even throwing into the light that you see and you're still getting bit out there. And that's not even affecting the fish that are, you can actually see. Agreed. Definitely, definitely start, start as far away as you possibly can. And if I yeah. can make a plug here for one thing, there is something I'd like to say to those people that uh, are fishing underwater lights from a boat. Be respectful of the dock owner because a lot of times I'll come out and find, you know, that a lure's been cast over my over my boat and the lure got dragged across the boat and, and got stuck in the canvas. And Jeez. you know, if you if you made a cast that's that bad, cut it off and move on. Right. <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I mean yep. you you're talking about getting lures stuck in different things. I have also experienced seeing hooks. I've pulled up a dock underwater mm-hmm. dock light and found hooks embedded in the cord. Same, same here. And that's another thing too, Brad is like, tell us about your design, why you do what you do. And it, because I mean, that's another thing that's kind of worrisome about dock lights is you're putting a pretty good electrical charge underwater. Why yeah. don't you take us through 
the construction of your light and why y'all do what y'all do. Sure. There are lights, and when and 15 years ago when I was looking at the ones that were out there, they all floated off the bottom about three or four feet. And uh, that's one of the first things that I wanted to eliminate when we built our light is that we really felt that it needed to hunker down on the bottom so that uh, the skegs and boats could pass over and fishermen's lines wouldn't get caught up in that wire that's sticking up in the air. So that was important for us. But how to get the light up as high as the others did, uh, we developed a reflector that reflects 100% of the light upwards in the column uh, rather than outwards uh, from a mm. suspended light. Uh, that was important to us, uh, but also having a uh, a very solid lens where the bulb was not exposed to the water, it couldn't get hit by a, uh, broken by a cast net or a lure or a weight. So it's under a, a very very thick uh, glass lens. The metal halide bulb produces a very significant amount of heat to keep the growth down. All underwater lights need to be cleaned, but how often depends on how that light is constructed. And then the, finally, the light has a polycarbonate shell where the ballast is inside of that shell. Everything's in an enclosed environment and it's specially weighted. So all you have to do when you get the light is basically open the box and uh, toss it in and plug it in. Uh, the light always lands on its bottom facing up. So it's super easy. We wanted to be able to uh, install that light in 15 minutes without getting wet. And that's exactly what we've got. And it's that easy. You yeah. mentioned the halide bulb. Am I saying that right? Yeah, metal halide. Okay, so metal halide. How does that differ from LED? So LED is a uh, relatively new technology that basically uses a bunch of little lights on a, on a heat sink. The heat goes out the backside and, and rather than, than the heat going up through the top. I didn't say that very well. I could probably explain that a little bit better, but... <laughs> Metal halide is an older technology uh, that has a chemical in, inside of a glass bulb that gets charged by a ballast. It is a very efficient bulb, it's very bright, and it emits the type of light that we want for fishing. LEDs are a little bit more efficient. It's a newer technology, uh, something that uh, we have not yet been comfortable putting underwater. We saw a lot of early entrances into the underwater light market in LED and many of them failed because uh, they weren't able to live in this very harsh underwater environment. So we've stuck with the metal halide, but we are developing an LED and we believe what we're going to come out with is going to be something that is durable. I still believe that metal halide is, is perhaps the best for fishing though because of the light that it emits. Hmm. You mentioned that light is brightest always best? I mean, is this a situation where if you could have it brighter, it's going to be better and better? Or is there, does that matter that much? What are you looking for when y'all construct a light in terms of brightness for right. fishing? We experimented with a lot of different wattages of bulbs. And just like any light above water or below water, sometimes too bright is just too darn bright. You know, uh, it's just not pleasing to look at. It annoys the neighbors that they've got this sunlight coming out of their you know, <laughs> side window of their house. So we ended up landing on 150 watt metal halide bulb. We felt that was kind of perfect in that four to 10 foot depth to emit enough light to attract the fish, but not be annoying. And then we also played with color. We got all kinds of different ranges of green. We got different ranges of white. We got different ranges of blue. And we ended up landing on certain colors that we, we felt were most aesthetically pleasing, but also effective for fishing. So with your lights, 
are there different levels that you can get? Like you could get a brighter or, or a, a more dim, or have y'all said, look, this is what's best and this is what we're going to put out? Yeah, what we have landed on is the 150 watt green bulb. We can make adjustments as far as color goes. Uh, we'll be able to have a lot more flexibility once we land on our LED product, which I believe we're going to be coming out with in the next six months. There will there'll be more options for brightness and color. But the, the 150 watt metal halide bulb is what we use and has been very effective and very popular among people. If somebody wants something much brighter than that, they could add a second light or, or perhaps find a different product in the market. You were talking earlier about your design of really being able to put it in 15 minutes. I mean, Butch has been able to do that and see that. One of the things, as, as Butch has been trying out lots and lots of different types of lights, well, I think we've probably broken the, all of these lights in just about every way you can. I mean, mm -hmm. Butch, you shattered a few yep. of the domes. You've had some of them just burn out. You had a big problem with them tripping breakers and things like that. And, and Brad, your light's the only one he hasn't had any issues out of. Does your light hook to just a regular 15 amp connection or do you have to do anything special at the dock to be able to run this light? No, you just need a regular 110 volt plug at the dock. We, we sell our lights with a photocell timer that you can plug up to three lights into that photocell timer. It also comes with a remote control. So if somebody's you know, fish in your dock that, that maybe you, you don't want, you can shut the light off. Or <laughs> you know, I love it. But I mean, our, the whole foundation of what we built in the beginning was something that was going to be durable and serviceable with replacement parts. So for those people that do have a problem with their light, perhaps a boat ran it over, or a hook got lodged in the cable, whatever it is, we are there to fix the light, refurbish it, send you replacement parts, whatever the Whatever it may be, our, what we try to tell people is this should be the last underwater light you ever buy uh, because we can always, even after our two-year warranty is up, we can always refurbish it. You can ship us back a broken light full of parts and we'll ship you back a refurbished light for a fraction of the cost of a new one. That's awesome. I think my favorite part about yours is that it lays on the bottom. And I have a couple of, you know, LEDs kind of pinched on the cord all the way out that way the cord sinks on the bottom as well so I don't have to worry about it I was always a nervous wreck with the ones that floated up because I didn't want my you know that cord to get caught in somebody's propeller and that would just be a disaster so that's that's been my favorite part about it as well other you know and it also it just attracts more fish and I think that could be because it is right on the bottom yeah I mean I, I don't I don't want to sit here and make this an advertisement for our company so I would say if you're going to go looking for a good underwater light ask yourself the questions. Is it durable? Is there service after the sale? How long have they been in business? For me, it's important that it's made in the USA. And do your research, read the reviews, just look at what's out there because I think there's enough information out there that you can make up your own mind. Definitely. So I reached out to Deep Glow because I, I had been, I was getting pretty frustrated, honestly, because I do love them. I love to fish off my dock. And, you know, people come over, we have a good time making a vent of it. And uh, I, I just reached out to you guys an email and just kind of explained my situation and was super helpful and sent me one and, and followed up and made sure it was working for me and everything like that. So I definitely appreciate that out of you guys. It's been a pleasant experience. Well, that's good to hear. I pretty much fish it. And whenever it gets dirty on the top, I, I pull in the cord and, you know, scrub the top of it. And then I pretty much just throw it out a different place. I, I kind of try and, you know, move it around to see what the best results are. What can I do to increase the life of my deep globe? Yeah, I mean, uh, the underwater environment is harsh. 
nothing's indestructible. You know, we try to protect it for two years, but things that you can do to, to make it last a little longer is make sure it runs every night. We recommend that you run it for eight hours to keep the growth down because that heat buildup. I pull mine in every two months and I scrub them off because it's a lot easier cleaning it after two months than waiting six months to a year. And then, you know, it, in saltwater environments, you might have barnacles on the cord and things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's super easy to, to, to clean. You just pull it up and you take, you know, a, a brush like you might clean your grill with and just scrub it off on the top. We, we sell a little tool, which is easy to scrape things with, but that's, that's the main thing is if you, for some reason, see it not come on one night, you know, don't wait a couple months and call us and say it hadn't worked in two months. <laughs> right. Things been sitting down there gathering growth. Get it out, uh, you know, ship it to us. We'll send you a call tag to have it in and we'll have that thing back to you in a number of days. That made me think of something. How much does your light weigh? Like for the people that are in maybe a high current situation or, you know, a, a more of a title so that the wa- light doesn't get washed away. You ever run into anything like that? I know it's pretty heavy for sure. Yeah, I never it, have any issues with that. It, it weighs about 15 pounds and it's designed to kind of settle into the mud a little bit. There are people that, that have said that they've swim them out and put them in places. We also sell a vertical mounting bracket. Uh, for people that live in very deep water, like lakes where it, it drops off very quickly and they have a floating dock, we have a vertical mounting bracket where the light can can be down in the water shining out from the dock as well. So uh, there's a number of ways that you can make sure that it doesn't get carried away. Do you guys have any idea what the full life expectancy is? We have customers that bought the generation one of our lights in 2006 and they still are running a light on their dock. Now it's not the same light because they've had it refurbished by us over the years. And, and probably what they have now is, is the current generation of the light. If you bought today's light, I'd say before you need any service at all, maybe you need to replace a bulb two years from now. We sell replacement bulbs. You can do it yourself just by t- taking the wing nuts off and opening up the lens. Uh, even if the, the bulb doesn't go out, we recommend you replace it every couple of years because they do slowly dim over time. Virtually lifetime, I mean, as long as you keep up with the service and, and let us help you when you need help, that light's going to last you a long, long time. Brad, I, I want to take us back to what you were talking about earlier, about being able to get that light, get it in the water, and get it in quickly, make it pretty easy. I mean, Butch, you've used the light. How much difference is it to set up this light as opposed to some of the others that you've used? I mean, I think I've had some pretty complicated ones. I mean, nothing too crazy, but literally pulled out of the box and I got, I think I got the 50 foot cord. So I got a little bit longer one, I believe. Are there different sizes of cords, Mr. Brad? There are the most popular is 30, but depends on where you're, you're out in this place. You might need a little longer one. Yeah. So I got the 50 because I wanted a little more range. I didn't really know what I was going to have. It had about, I just have a bunch of places where I can put it. So I just wanted to not be, you know, running different, different outlets, different places and things like that. I mean, I took it out of the package, plugged it in and it was in the summer when I got it. So I actually swam it out and dropped it and it was working that night. Yeah, and you don't have to swim it out. I mean, literally they're, they're bulletproof, they're, they're designed to be mm-hmm. thrown and you can shot put them, you can swing them out there. Some homeowners like to stick them under the bow of the boat uh, if it's up on a lift so they can sit back in their family room and see their boat lit up in green or whatever. Yeah. You just gotta experiment with where you want it, where it's gonna make things look nice. If you've got a palm tree in your backyard, throw it under the palm tree, it makes the palm tree glow. So it does, there's, a, there's so much flexibility here. 
but you just need to open the box. The instructions are in there. Throw it in, figure out where you want it. You know, we even include some little cable ties to, to clean up the cable as it runs up the piling. Well, Brad, I, you know, we tested a lot of different lights and uh, we brought you on because we feel that yours is the best. And so we appreciate you sharing your techniques with us today and just you make a great product. Definitely recommend, guys, if y'all are looking and thinking about underwater dock lights, take a look. We're going to put a link to the website in the show notes for you to be able to look Brad up. And I imagine, Brad, you know, you were talking about that service after the sale. If anybody's got any questions, what's the best way for them to reach out to you guys and, and ask some of those specific questions? Maybe they've got a setup question, an installation question, kind of what's best for them. Maybe they're in freshwater, saltwater, all these kind of things. Should they look at the website or call yeah. you guys direct or what's best? Uh, you know, whatever's easiest for you. Usually people like to start with the website because we've got a lot of information on there. But uh, certainly uh, our phone number is on there. You can call us. You can send us a Facebook message. Uh, you can send us an email at sales at deepglow.com. Really, whatever is best for you. We'll, we'll send you smoke signals if we need to. That's all right. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being on, Mr. Brad. Uh, the reason that I mainly wanted to do this show is to save people the two years and the headache and the frustration that I went through. Honestly, it really wasn't meant to be a, a, an advertisement. I just genuinely found your product to be above and beyond. So I just wanted to That's say very that. Very nice. We really appreciate the compliments. Yes, sir. It's been, uh, it's been quite an adventure finding this one, and I'm glad I finally did. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate you being on the show, Mr. Brad. And you guys make sure and check them out at deepglow.com. It was a fun show, man. I've really been looking forward to this one for a long time. And, and, and literally, I emailed them, I guess it was not long after I moved here, two, two and a half years ago. Got multiple different products. And well, I mean, how many dock lights have you tested now? Six or seven? <sighs> I don't even know, man. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of broken ones and mm -hmm. a lot of ones that can't withstand. They just don't last. Agreed. Some of them, just we've tested working. this one right, right next to other ones. And for some reason, I mean, it just attracts more fish. You got the pictures to prove it. And videos and yeah, yeah. multiple and different and, uh, I mean, it's just human interactions. Just, just check these guys out if you're thinking about it because we're not on here doing reviews unless we've tested something very thoroughly we that's why we bring guides on and have the fishing report every week they're they're the guys that you need to pay attention to but this is something that we've tested thoroughly and they make a dang good product man and i really think the big difference like you said earlier is having that thing sitting on the bottom as a, as opposed to suspended no it's doubt a big deal yeah, and it's much less stressful like i say i'm i'm um a wife calls me paranoid but i'm just cautious let's say and i was always freaked out about people running over those ones that float yeah, you're nervous, Nelly. Yeah, sometimes. Well, and and we did. We hit a few of them with mm -hmm. with a skag on a motor and shattered the yep shattered the glass. I can't remember if that was at your place or or at my dad's place, but uh, that was at my we, place. I know I did one. Killer Doc J owes me. I'm not going to say how much money, but he broke one. <laughs> Research and development. That's right. That's right. Cool well, show, man. Let's. Yeah, let's wrap Thanks this for thing up. It was fun. I hate that Brian couldn't join us with the freshwater side, but we'll have to run it on that show as well to get the people the knowledge they need over there as well. No doubt, man. Well, it's been a good, uh, good 2020. A good way to, good way to wrap it up. And I'm um, looking forward to 2021. More fishing reports and uh, just everything to do with with fish in our area. Absolutely agree, man. Like I said, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, I guess I'll see you next year.
2021. I'm ready. Ready. I'm ready for a new one. All right, folks. You guys, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll be back to the regular fishing report first of the year. You guys keep whacking them. We'll talk to you soon. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by BucksIslands.com. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com. And these guys know how to grow big. And brought to you by Sun South. From outdoor equipment, parts, services, accessories, SunSouth has you covered on the best for less. Visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth, for those that do. And brought to you by Fish Bites. Ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, FishBites.com. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.